welcome back to a brand new episode, the first episode of 2023 of the Metaphor Podcast, brought to you by Michael and Alex here at LivePlex. And man, are we excited today because we're going to be giving you guys insights about everything that happened in 2022 in terms of Web3, crypto, blockchain, everything like that. It's been a big year, especially this last quarter of the year. You know, Alex and I have been keeping up with the news. I'm sure you guys have been too, and you've definitely heard names like SBF, Sam Bankman, Freed. You've heard names like FTX. You've heard all these different companies, all these different coins going bankrupt, all these different scams happening. And so a lot of people are thinking to themselves, like, what's next for 2023? And as the first episode of this year, we thought it'd be a great topic. But before we do, we're going to talk a little bit about ourselves. Alex, how was your New Year's? Did you celebrate the New Year, right? Yep, definitely. I uh, I didn't do too much. Kind of vibe with a couple of friends, got to reconnect with them. But it's all good. Um, had a great time and looking forward for, for the for 2023 how about yourself yeah same here not not too big of a function but you know definitely it was able to start the new year right and today there was a lot of football going on you know yesterday a lot of college football going on so hey that's my scene so I always enjoy watching some good football matches but nonetheless we're going to jump right into this topic and we're going to be talking about what you guys should expect about 2023 but before we do that we got to talk about 2022 first so as I was saying you know we've We've definitely seen our fair share of just weird things happening in the blockchain web three space. You know, I, I think it's just best to kind of first start, you know, with some of the things that were happening before, like the FTX and like uh, the FTX crash and finding out all the stuff about Sam Bankman Freed. There were actually a lot of crashes with some other so-called stable coins. So, you know, for those of you that aren't aware where stable coins are supposed to represent you know, some sort of physical value, whether it be the US dollar, like Tether might be, or some other thing. They're backed by physical assets. So therefore, you know, even if Bitcoin or Ethereum change in their volatility, they're still supposed to stay, you know, stable um, to that price or whatever. But we saw that there were quite a few of these stable coins that actually crashed, you know, big one being Luna. Um, Alex, what were, do you remember some of the other ones that uh, were crashing as well? Yeah, definitely. Um Voyager was another kind of huge exchange yep. uh, that kind of crashed. I personally uh, had some some assets um, in Voyager and I wasn't able to access them. So that was definitely one thing that I know kind of affected me personally, but also affected quite a few people um, at the time of, of when that of when Voyager sort of. Yep. Of the other one that. was Celsius as well. Um, all three of these kind of followed a similar bankruptcy pattern, you know, going essentially valueless. You know, a lot of people had value in, in these coins, um, had a lot of money in these coins. And the reason why people use stable coins uh, in the first place is because whenever people are doing, you know, some sort of trading or whether they want to just hold um, this kind of currency, a lot of people are uh, dissuaded from, you know, the volatility that might come from Bitcoin or Ethereum. So stable coins kind of come in to allow you to be able to still hold these coins, to allow you to still do things in the crypto space, uh, but not be exposed to that volatility. So when these coins go, you know, to absolutely nothing, it definitely begs the question, you know, what is up? And these things really foreshadowed what was possibly probably one of the biggest insolvency, you know, cases of the entire crypto space, you know, as we've seen yet today. And, you know, before before we talk about that, you know, I think the the big lesson that was kind of learned with some of these stable coins going bankrupt is, you know, how do we how do we regulate them in a way to where like we can make sure that like something like this doesn't 
really happen again, right? You know, a lot of people started already speculating, like what kind of regulation, what kind of like maybe auditing needs to happen to, you know, really ensure to the consumers out there, to a lot of the, you know, uh, small investors out there that these coins have value. But then FTX happened. One of the biggest exchanges, one of the most hyped exchanges as well, with a founder who is known to be the next Warren Buffett, you know, of crypto, someone who's like very generous and giving, someone that was very charitable. But when you when we pulled the curtains behind, you know, we saw a whole different story. So, you know, Alex, like, did you use FTX? And, you know, if so, if not, like, you know, what what do you think kind of was the catalyst to, to FTX, you know, starting? You know, kind of walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I personally didn't um, use FTX, but I know a couple of my friends did. And definitely kind of like all the news surrounding it has brought a ton of scrutiny um, to kind of like the crypto market and just kind of like blockchain technology uh, more so than than ever, really. Um, and it all really sort of kind of started off just because, you know, there really isn't any sort of regulation um, in place for, you know, the crypto market or like any sort of crypto asset or uh, like digital, like physical, like digital asset uh, in a sense. And kind of obviously with having no regulatory policies, we've always seen in the past um, kind of like people always think things are going to continue to kind of keep moving forward, keep going up. And, you know, that's never the case. Like, that kind yeah. of happened in 2008 with the housing crisis you know people people always thought the the housing bubble would continue continue to kind of rise and people people were definitely like very um bullish on on crypto in 2022 2021 and 2022 but um you know as we see there definitely is quite a kind of disconnect between reality and kind of expectations of of the crypto market yeah exactly you know we're not we're not going to walk through and go through every you know step of the way of you know kind of what ultimately led to ftx's decline but you know some of the things just you know for some quick facts like ftx was not actually this cash strap coin strapped company that you know had the means to be able to you know react to a a bank run, you know, I use the term bank run, but this is a crypto market. So we can say coin run, right? They weren't cash strapped or really equipped to be able to do that because, you know, what was going on behind the scenes was, you know, a lot of, I would say like feeding, feeding revenue, feeding money into, you know, other proprietary companies that were, uh, had relations, you know, with FTX, one of those being Alameda Research, which actually held the majority of the F, I think it was called FTT. That was the stable coin for, FTX. And once a big, I believe it was Binance, once Binance kind of caught when kind of caught word um, after a report coming out that, uh, you know, FTX really wasn't doing that well balance sheet wise, like they weren't really equipped to be able to handle, you know, this kind of a, this kind of a run. Binance pulled out of this essentially sold all their FTX coin or all their FTT coin. And that just caused a giant cycle uh, in which FTX could not pay back any of, you know, a lot of, a lot of the the money that was being pulled out, their stable coin also went to essentially zero and all this stable coin that was being traded for Bitcoin and Ethereum for a lot of people, the value of that also went to zero. So what's really sad about FTX is like for the small investor, you know, as well as large investors as well, because FTX was backed by, um, you know, major VC, VC firms, 
Uh, obviously, they lost their investment. But for the smaller investor, there were a lot of people, you know, losing fifty thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars. You know, a lot of people who, you know, really kind of made the change to make crypto be what they invested. Some people have, you know, their life savings in there. So nonetheless, there's a lot of things we can learn from this, right? There's a lot of things to kind of expect out of 2023. The one thing that's like pretty apparent already is crypto is kind of going through a bearish market. It has been for a little bit ever since um, these stable coins started crashing, you know, ever since, honestly, you know, since the beginning of 2022, there's been a downward decline. There's been a downward trajectory and funding as well on the VC level. And a lot of people are trying to push for more regulation. These are great examples of why there should be as well. You know, I think you know Alex and I were talking a little bit beforehand, and you know, we were we were thinking to ourselves like, you know, there there kind of needs to be this period because at the end of the day, the underlying technology is blockchain. I mean, that's what we here at LiveFlex do. We're not we're not a cryptocurrency company. We're not, you know, I mean, we we do things sometimes with crypto, but that that's not the main purpose of us at all. We're a blockchain company. Provide blockchain. 100%. Solutions, API libraries, things like that. But people are going to be a little spec, you know, little suspicious of things that are blockchain based, right? Because of the lack of regulation in the crypto, you know, space right now, with blockchain being underlying tech for crypto as well. People are going to be a little suspicious. And so, you know, we're definitely thinking and we're definitely seeing, we're going to see a decline in funding. Um, just, you know, I, I think it's going to be for the short term in the blockchain and the crypto space, but the underlying tech is still, you know, I mean, we can speak to it here at LiveFlex. I mean, we, we see this a lot. Uh, we have success stories here and, you know, we know other companies that are having success stories integrating blockchain into their company, um, you know, and it's going to be for the better. So as far as blockchain is concerned, I don't see the technology going away. In fact, I see there a lot of growth. I think, I think there's going to be a lot of growth um, coming with it in the future, you know, just like with the rise of the internet, there was a, there was a giant crash, the dot com bubble, and you know I don't know if we've quite seen something, you know, too similar to that, um, and just you know specifically with blockchain, but we did see you know Bitcoin go from fifty sixty thousand all the way to like you know fifteen to twenty thousand, right? So I mean that's that's a pretty big crash. Um, Alex, any other thoughts on like what the projections might be for twenty twenty three? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think. Kind of like like you said, um, I think there's a pretty large importance in kind of identifying the difference or you know being able to differentiate the um like cryptocurrency as an asset class versus you know blockchain technology like as as a technology that's you know utilized in everyday sort of society. And with that being said, um, like in 2022, yeah, there were a ton of kind of like frauds and you know, scams that did occur within this space. But yeah, even even with that, there were quite a few kind of large companies that did um, kind of push um, towards the Web3 space, one of which was Starbucks with their, I think it was called their Odyssey program. Yep. It was their reward, Web3, Web3-based rewards program that they kind of like launched um, last year. And so we're even though we're seeing kind of a drop off in, you know, the hype surrounding the crypto market and blockchain, NFTs, any any sort of like blockchain related tech. Web like web three is eventually going to be kind of the feature of kind of how how society revolves around information and kind of connecting with one another. And just moving forward, 
I think we'll see that 2023 will continue to kind of grow in terms of the innovation and utilization of Web3 tech. Yeah, you know, I definitely agree. And I, you know, I think too, like right now we're in a big trial and error phase. There's two phases we're in. We're in a phase where it's kind of lawless right now. It's kind of unregulated. So there are going to be a lot of um, some of these projects such as FTX that are going to crash and burn just because, you know, their, their core upbringing, um, you know, was was not done so in a, in a good way, in an ethical way. And, um, you know, right now is just kind of the opportunity for some of these crashing gaps cash and grab schemes you know we see in the nft space as well a lot of you know content creators you know backing some nft projects or crypto projects and it's really just like a cash run at the end of the day and what a lot of people don't realize is like with blockchain tech that stuff's going to stay on there forever so you know if if you're trying to get back into the space five or six years from now you know people are going to remember that you, you were once part of you know an nft scam a crypto scam and whatnot but not only that we're in a trial and error phase you know, Facebook had to completely scrap their metaverse project that they had, you know, not even being able to really convert their own employees to adopt metaverse tech. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of, you know, banking institutions, financial institutions having to completely rework building a blockchain um, distributive ledger and a decentralized distributive ledger into their own companies, um, which that is a very high, like there, there's a lot of integration costs that go with that because as you can imagine, Financial institutions have probably some of the largest databases of customers in the world. And, you know, transitioning that from a centralized ledger where there are a lot of, you know, maintenance costs, a lot of know your customer costs, a lot of people, you know, put on that centralized ledger, transferring that from a centralized to a decentralized manner where a lot of that can be done autonomously. It's going to take a lot of work. Uh, It's going to take a lot of trial and error. And we got to just see a lot of other, you know, dApps, decentralized applications um, kind of emerge and be, you know, these different tools that may allow for, you know, easier blockchain integration, just easier blockchain products in the future. So, I mean, I'm I'm fairly optimistic. I think a lot of this has to happen before, you know, we really see um, some crystal clear adoption, but nonetheless, adoption is on the increase. So very excited for that. And, we're very excited to keep you guys updated with more and more. Uh, the Metaphor Podcast took a little bit of a break towards the end of 2023, but we're back with weekly podcasts on everything Web3, whether it be blockchain, crypto, NFTs, metaverse. We're here to do to talk about it because Alex and I are actively working on this every day, as well as LivePlex, you know, delivering great products, API libraries for companies so that Web3 can be an easy transition into their business. But nonetheless, stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be keeping you guys educated on Web3. Take care. Catch you guys later.